Do you feel stuck? Has your podcast stopped gaining new listeners? Do you wish your community was more engaging? I know that a lack of engagement can make you feel like nobody cares about your podcast or nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but in most cases, that's simply not true. It's more likely that your loyal listeners just haven't found you yet. Your artwork, your titles, your descriptions haven't done enough to catch their eye. Now, I'm not here to sell you on an easy button. There will be some work involved, but the first step is to get another experienced set of eyes on your project. It can be difficult to objectively examine and evaluate your own work. So head over to thepodcastersguild.com and book a podcast audit. From there, we can work together to make sure your loyal listeners are able to find your show and understand why this is the show they've been looking for. Join me at thepodcastersguild.com and we'll get started today. Welcome, 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 fellow podcasters. I am very excited to share today's episode with you. As you may have noticed from the first four episodes of Podcast Better, this will primarily be a solo show, but from time to time, I will bring on some guests, and today marks the first of those occasions. My guest today is a fantastic graphic designer named Carl. How do I know he's fantastic? Well, that's simple. I know because I worked with him to create the Podcast Better artwork. In today's episode, you'll discover what you should have prepared by the time you're looking for a designer, how to work with your designer, and what goes into creating effective podcast artwork. It's a lot to cover, so let's get started. Podcast Better is for you, the podcaster, or soon-to-be podcaster, who has a business, a cause, or a hobby that you're passionate about. Each week, we'll take a closer look at the mental, physical, and technical skills necessary to produce a quality show that your fans will want to listen to. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me so that we can podcast better together. Today, I have with me Carl Huber. How are you doing today, Carl? Great. Glad to be here. Very excited. I'm glad to have you. You are officially going to be the first guest on Podcast Better. So how do you feel about that? Also very excited, Matt. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege. Glad to hear it. So what can you tell me? Uh, you, you are a designer, as far as I know. Is that is that your day job? Yeah, it's my, it's my day job um, for sure. I've been a professional graphic designer for about 18 years, give or take. Um, in various formats. I was with one company for about 17 of those 18 years. And between the economy and coronavirus and everything bouncing around, I'm, I'm kind of flopping around between jobs and freelance right now, keeping pretty busy. But uh, but yeah, a professional designer for, for almost two decades. Wonderful. So that, that that's something you went to school for, I'm assuming? Yep. I went to, to school here in Western New York and stuck around because they gave me a job. Beautiful. Get to stay local. That's There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Yep. Pretty good scene here. All right. So I, I I brought you on specifically because you actually helped design the podcast better artwork. Yes, that was a lot of fun to do. It was a great project to work on. I'm glad to hear it because I artwork is definitely not my forte, and I struggle to find artists to work with a lot of times. And it's not always a lack of funds or uh, just a lack of people. It's just I don't know where to look a lot of times. I don't know how to find the right people for the right job. And I feel sometimes some artists are better suited for different projects. Absolutely. Is there any type of project that you like to work on more than others? 
Well, that's a great point because there's a huge difference between, say, an illustrator and a designer. You know, okay. you would like to have some skills, some overlap in between both. But I like to be able to personally work on projects that that are a little bit complicated, a little bit challenging, that kind of really get me thinking about strategy and how to uh, answer a problem. Like an illustrator uh, could create something absolutely beautiful and gorgeous, but it may not be an effective deliverable for something like a podcast cover. It may not be effective, and we'll talk about that later. But um, as a designer, I get to come up with solutions to challenges like what makes good podcast art. And so that's what really tickles my fancy is is coming up with solutions for things and then developing those. I love working on the art end of it, the illustration end of it, but my my forte, my the the crux of what I do is coming up with the solution that that is both good communication and looks cool at the same time. And that's that's a delicate balance. It's no surprise that it's kind of hard to find somebody that fills that niche. Um, because people have their strengths. You know, some people may be good at concepting, some people may be, may be good at designing and or illustrating or photography. And, you know, it's all under the banner of artist or designer, but there are certainly uh, specific strengths that go along with, with whatever your particular lane is in that, in that realm. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's true. I, I've never really thought about the differentiation. I've, I've always just kind of referenced artist or designer and use them in interchangeably. But it, you make a good point that, I mean, illustrators, designers, artists, they, they all have slight nuances to them, I think. And that's something that someone outside of the art world doesn't necessarily know much about, much less know how to differentiate them. Right. Yeah. Somebody who may be, again, I'll use the example of an illustrator, somebody who may be able to make an amazing illustration of a fantasy scene or something like that may not know the first thing about typesetting and typography, which if you're doing something as um, as kind of billboardy, let's say as a podcast cover, the typography is hugely important. You know, the, the artwork and illustration may be incredibly important too, but you want to have uh, legible, nice type going on in there as well. And they, they are definitely different disciplines. One of the things that was great about the school that I went to was they put focus on individual parts of it. You, you would have a class four typography, a class four illustration, a class four design work. So you got to work on them all. And one of the things I always say is my, my most impactful class in college, and we're going back 25 years now, uh, was a rhetoric class because it taught me how to speak about things. It taught me about how to um, do the different kinds of communication that are effective, you know, logos, pathos, ethos, that sort of thing. So, you know, if you, if somebody goes to a trade school, they may be wonderful with the programs, but they might not have any idea how to use them in a way that's effective. So yeah, it's a, it's a whole big world for artists out there. So you mentioned the, the kind of being able to communicate not only like your ideas, but I'm assuming with clients as well, then is there Anything, any any bit of advice you can give to someone who who might be in my seat, like a, a or a first time podcaster who's looking for some podcast art, like what should they be looking for or be looking at, or what types of things are you as a designer going to want from the client upfront? Well, the interesting thing about that is that 
as a designer, first and foremost, it's my job to kind of get behind the client's eyes and see what they are seeing, see what they want to achieve. It's not my show. I'm just here to make you look good. So there's, there tends to be a lot of ego in the design world, which is unfortunate because the, the path of the designer is to, and people may argue about this, but I think the path of a designer is to achieve the client's vision. So the better vision, the more developed a vision the client has, and in this case, it would be the podcast hosts, um, the, the easier it is for me to work with that. Now, I've certainly had clients that have very, very specific visions, and that can be just as bad as no vision whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There has to be room for kind of a, a, a teamwork uh, where both sides come to the table with, okay, I've got an idea, and the designer has the skill set to bring that idea to life. So going to find a designer and coming to them with nothing is is tough you know we we have to at, at least nuts and bolts know what the podcast is going to be named know what it's about and and things like that but if there's something like somebody says you know my podcast is about finances but i love cats can we do a cat themed podcast <laughs> cover the answer is well you know sure but is that the best strategy we can talk about that you know maybe it's what differentiates you from the the pack but that's something definitely to to come to the table with is at least an idea of how you want your podcast artwork or any art artwork really to feel. And if you have a solid idea that just needs fleshing out, that's great. But if you, if you come too developed, you may be kind of strangling the creativity of the designer. So it's, it's kind of a, there's a, there's a broad Avenue where it, where it works really well. And it's really just the ends of the bell curve where it gets kind of, kind of cumbersome. So for the most part, as long as you have some idea, you're going to be fine. Because for me, at least, uh, a lot of the development cycle of creating a, a piece of artwork is the communication between the designer and the client. And it's a collaborative process. It really is. It, it's, it's not something where you just say, I want a podcast cover artwork. Here's my, the name of my podcast. Go sit in a cave and isolate yourself for 30 days and come back with something amazing. You know, this work doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's not, it's not in a void. I want to make sure that as I'm developing the art, the podcast host has a say in it because, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than pouring hours and hours into a piece and coming back to the client and they say, this is not at all what I intended. You completely read me wrong. So there's a lot of just communication and the, the more open everybody is about the communication and so many things in life in general, open communication is, is paramount. So it's, it's um, not only just being an artist and knowing how to do typesetting and things like that, it's about being a good communicator. And hopefully I can get my point across um, through email or through a Skype call or whatever it is and make sure that, that the client's vision is getting developed. That makes a lot of sense. So in that description, I heard heard basically two two things kind of as a minimum requirement, like the name of the podcast and what the podcast is about. Is there anything else you, you can think of that you'd say, I really need to know this. This would really help me figure out which direction to take this. If the customer has something like that previous example of I love cats, can mm -hmm. we use a cat theme? You know, that absolutely should be communicated. But at the bare minimum, you want the name and the, I'll call it the genre of the podcast because it has to be communicative. And 
good artwork, and by good in this case, I mean effectively convincing or persuasive, it has to have strategies to connect with the intended goal. And if the client can develop those strategies on their own or with the designer, then so much the better. If somebody comes to me with a podcast that just says it's supposed to be about Star Trek, but I don't really know what we're going to do with it, that doesn't really give me the tools I need to start building a Star Trek themed uh, podcast cover. I've done several Star Trek themed podcast covers. One is called Table Trek, which um, they talk about games and things within the Star Trek universe, but they also uh, have cocktails while they talk. So I developed this this cover that has the 3D chess from Star Trek in it, and it has a margarita on it. <laughs> and that's communication that, that happened between me and the client to develop that as an idea. Originally, I had a martini glass in there, and they said, oh, the, the host prefers to drink margaritas. I'm like, okay, sure, margarita glass it is, no problem. So the effective intended goal of this artwork is it's twofold. Initially, it's to get people to check out the podcast. It has to look engaging and inviting because we are judging a book by its cover here, really. It has to be able to draw somebody in and say, this looks cool. I'm going to check this out. And then down the road, the second part is giving them pride of listenership to be able to say, yeah, I can share this with somebody, with my, with my friend who likes podcasts. I can, I can pull this up and show them the artwork. And I don't have to say, don't worry about the artwork. It's a great podcast. It is kind of that first impression. And you only get one chance to make a first impression. So we really are, are judging a book by its cover. And so the more you can come to the table with in terms of what you want up to a certain point, the better, because that helps me help you, you know, to put it, to put it simply, the, the better we communicate, the better the end product. That's almost, that's pretty much always been the way that, that I've worked is the, the communication is, is the best. If you come with something and it's just a really nebulous idea and you say, come up with something, I'll say, well, what do you think about these ideas before I even start doing actual design work? Or I may do something really, really simple, like a little thumbnail sketch or something like that, just to say, is this even in the right ballpark? And that can be very informative and effective way to start the process, to kind of start the ball rolling. Because a lot of people don't know what they want, but they know what they don't want. So sometimes you kind of have to prime the pump a little and give them something that they can say no to just to eliminate the, that kind of option to give them stuff that they to, to help them formulate an idea of what they might actually want. As, as you describe that process, like I'm thinking about what we went through just making the, the artwork for podcasts better. And it, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, I, I didn't, there, there were a few things I knew I wanted. Like I, I had the title, I had a few things in mind, but until you gave me a visual to look at, I couldn't have told you like, yeah, I, no, that's not what I'm going for. But that right. like almost instantly gave you a better idea of what I might like too. Right. Absolutely. And we went through several rounds of revisions and, and development, and that's a totally normal part of this process because it's, it's an evolution. You start with concept A and you may end up at concept G or H or something like that um, by the time it gets to be a final design. And that's totally fine because it is a very collaborative process, like I said, unless you're doing something like commissioning a piece of artwork, specifically trusting the illustrator, which is one way to do it. And then just saying, okay, that's fantastic. 
I've got to go with it because I've committed to that. My process is much more um, involved with the client. I, I prefer to work that way. I don't like to work in a vacuum or in a cave or, or what have you. I, I like the back and forth so I can check in. And then the client also gets a sense of ownership because they get to put their two cents in along the way. And I think that's, I think for podcast artwork, that's a really good way to work because it is, you know, people, people do tend to kind of think of it as an afterthought or not think of it at all. And they just say, oh, I need some type on a white background. And they're really letting themselves down. It's an opportunity to brand yourself. And that's what you're doing, really. You're not just making, oh, well, I need a podcast cover. You are branding yourself. You're becoming a brand, a, a logo that has a brand promise. And that promise is whatever the concept of the podcast is. So it, it has to be communicative and engaging to achieve its goal. So on average, how long do you think you spend on a piece of artwork? I suppose that could vary for, you know, from podcast art to company logos to full website design or something. I, I don't know if that's in your wheelhouse, but uh, I mean, I guess just podcast art in particular, how, how long do you think one cover takes you on average? That's a very good question because it, it varies wildly um, <laughs> <laughs> depending on the concept of the podcast. One of my favorite podcast covers that I've done was for a podcast called Genre Vision. And genre vision, they talk about all these different types of kind of genre movies, like horror, fantasy, action, adventure, um, that sort of thing. And they had this great idea for a cover. And I worked on it for a while, put, poured a couple hours into it, said, how do you like this? And they said, well, it, it's okay, but it's not quite what we're thinking. And through this development process, it took on a whole different look. And I put so much time into it, but I'm really proud of what it turned out to be. So... On the flip side of that, I've done podcast artwork where I've actually taken a resource that I've already developed and never used for something that I can just kind of pick up and say, oh, this is perfect for this. I did one that has a VHS tape on the cover and the word rewind. And that took me about half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour to do. Sure. So it, it really, really varies depending on the scale of the project. And that's why I, I generally, personally, I bill per project, not per hour, because I have the flexibility to be able to work like that. Some people may not. They may need to do a per hour thing, and that's really up to the designer. Um, but it's it can vary intensely depending on how demanding the client is, which is totally within their right, because it, they, they need to have pride in their in their artwork. Or I've had people say, that's perfect. I love everything you do, which is a great feeling, but, it, but it's kind of like, are you sure? Do you, you don't have any changes? You don't have any notes or anything like that? You know, you get kind of, uh, kind of gun shy about pulling the trigger on it because they just say, it's great. Let's use it. And that's, it's a weird feeling to have something go that well, that quickly, because I'm used to the collaboration. I'm used to the back and forth. So, you know, time is, time is kind of immaterial to me because I have, I have a lot of free time right now to pour into these projects. So it works out okay, but I can't really give a, a straight answer to that. It's just kind of, it, it depends. Fair enough. Yeah. It, that back and forth that you keep talking about is something that I greatly appreciate in the process. So I, I, I'm glad I stumbled across you on Twitter, but it's, it's a part of the process that you don't always get depending who you hire, where you hire them from. Like I, I I've seen a lot of, Fiverr artists like you, you hire someone off of Fiverr and 
the package you you buy come might come with like three revisions or something like that and i like i understand why they do that but it it, it always feels very limiting to what what the final product might actually be able to be uh if they would give you kind of unlimited time but uh i i'm very glad to hear that you are the type of designer that loves to go back and forth with your clients yes absolutely it's it's an interesting thing that you bring up about fiverr and and the limited number of revisions because how can you predict what it's going to take in some senses that's that is intended to force the client to make decisions which can be good but it's also just to in a case like fiverr and other like really cheap design sites it's to limit the time that the designer puts into it so they can go on to another project now i will do something like i have had requests in the past where i've had to say this goes above and beyond is is the the terminology i usually use this goes above and beyond the original ask i'm going to have to talk with you about an additional fee to continue on this just because people have been you know 90 percent of the way there and then they 180 and completely change their tack and that's not fair to me as an artist mm-hmm. now that seems reasonable. The, yeah on the flip side if if a client is working for themselves like if somebody who has a podcast is trying to make their own design which is completely fine and, and we can talk about that later they they may lack that outside opinion that that kind of visual experience of somebody who is a designer or just somebody else to have another set of eyes on it you can get really myopic when you're working on your own stuff for yourself so i like to be there as kind of a a counselor to walk people through this development process so it, it it really is you know i've mentioned it a couple of times but it really is one of the most important parts of this of the whole process that's true just getting another set of eyes on anything can be a wondrous thing to have i i'm a part of you know various facebook groups about podcasting and stuff and that's one of the most common things you see is people post their artwork from their designer and it's like what do you think of this and just floods of comments of course people love commenting on that type of space but like i said even just one other set of eyes whether you're the designer or a friend of the designer or the client or whatever it like it helps absolutely because that goes in line with you know you can't design in a vacuum you you get you get inside your own head you say this looks great it's the next mona lisa and you know somebody else notices that you spelled your podcast name wrong and you didn't even think of that because you were so in your head about it so yeah other other eyes on projects are always good um one of the jokes in the design world is you know the the client shows their spouse and their spouse's kid who uh is a freshman in art college and they come back with a thousand changes and it's like okay that may be a little too much feedback but but definitely show your artwork to people before you give it the final okay because other people are your target audience so other people should see it and review it indeed so you you kind of mentioned if people are working on the artwork themselves like is is there anything anything that they might need to focus on for like podcast art specifically like what are what areas do you focus on when when creating a new piece of podcast art well that's a that's an interesting question because there are a couple of strategies for creating effective again i I like to use the word effective which means persuasive in this instance podcast art the strategies include 
viewing it at a small size, like a thumbnail as if somebody were scrolling through a bunch of podcast lists and then viewing it at the large size where somebody might see it, you know, if they're, if they're only looking at it on their phone or if they're on the podcast website, something like that. So you have to take into account a small size and a much larger size. And to do that functionally, you need to have a combination of elements. And those elements are generally something like really clean, crisp graphics and bold colors that scale down really well. Simple graphics, they don't have to be just clip art, but they should be simple enough to be identifiable at a really small thumbnail size. And your type needs to be clean and legible. Legibility is huge. If, you, if I can't read your, your podcast art name when it's a thumbnail, I'm not going to look at it because I, I tend to look at the, the artwork of a podcast rather than just reading the, the name of it underneath it or wherever it shows up. So you agree have to, with that. yeah. So you have to have that strategized. You can't just use, you know, times new Roman in, in a small font up at the top and then have the rest of it be a photograph again of your cat or whatever. That's just not going to be effective, but that doesn't mean your artwork has to be simple. It should be clean but it doesn't have to be boring because people do have the opportunity to view it at a larger size. And you may use that same artwork asset for other applications. Like you may, like I mentioned, put it on a website. So a lot of my artwork will have clean details, but when you view it at a larger size, there's a lot of extra things like texture or um, small details that may get lost at a thumbnail size, but they're there to re reward the viewer at a full size. So you, you do have that opportunity. You don't have to sacrifice quality for small legibility. There's, there's a happy median where both work. And so that's something a designer or you know just a, a, somebody who has a podcast who's making their, their artwork needs to consider. It all goes in the, the kind of melange that comes together for the podcast artwork. And number one, legibility of the podcast name. Number two, have a color scheme in mind. Don't just use random colors and hope they gel. You need to have a color scheme, like something like maybe two colors that are kind of complementary and a, a key color, which, which when, when I say that, I mean like a highlight color that kind of pops out, you know, that maybe used less, but it's very, it's very bright or bold, something, something like that. Uh, with your podcast logo and, and artwork, we used two shades of green that really gave it a, a good vibrancy to really help it kind of pop off. And we used clean, simple graphics to, to help it be easily read at a small size. So that's great. But when it's viewed larger, you can see there's kind of a grid in the background for the chart that goes up. And so there are, there are elements there that work at both levels. And that's, that's an easy thing to do if you just spend a little time strategizing and kind of sketching things out can help a lot. And and yeah, I think that's the way to go is, is make sure it's, it's legible and make sure it's clean. Beautiful. So I think, uh, we're, we're probably going to start wrapping things up here, but any final tips for podcasters out there who are looking to get their artwork done? Sure. In terms of, of getting your artwork done, find somebody that is a good communicator. I've, I've kind of hammered that home a, a bunch during this, during this talk but you need to have somebody that you can work with. If somebody's not getting back to you or if they're aloof, you know, maybe they're not right for you because you're going to need to communicate with them. Um, be flexible on the budget, have a budget. A lot of designers will say, you know, it, it's X amount of dollars or it's, it's X amount per hour or something like that. Can you afford that? You know, 
you to some extent you get what you pay for it's it's frustrating when somebody says you know i don't have any money but if you do this for free i'll mention your name that doesn't really you know this is how i pay the bills i you know a, a shout out is great and very helpful but you know i am a professional so be prepared to pay for it as something reasonable ask a couple of different places a couple of different designers and you can shop around absolutely if you're trying to do it yourself there are little tips and tricks things like having the type at at an angle or skewed a little can give it a little more motion, just a little more kind of fun and, and action energy to it. Uh, definitely explore fonts, but again, make sure that you're doing something that's clean and legible. Everybody likes a, a really fun font, but if nobody can read it, nobody's going to listen to it. Um, think about contrast, look up the current podcast artwork size. I think off the top of my head right now, it's 3000 pixels square. Um, you don't have to have the Adobe suite of products. They're the professional standard, but they're obviously very expensive and have a high learning curve. There are free alternatives such as Inkscape and GIMP. They're both, I have. I don't have personal experience with them, but I know a lot of people use them in, in lieu of the Adobe suite of products. So there are definitely ways to empower yourself to create your own podcast artwork. But if you have the opportunity and the available budget, definitely seek out a professional because that's what they're there for. They can they can really lend a a severely professional eye to creating the podcast artwork, which is just going to benefit you in the long run. Because again, you're judging a book by its cover when you're scrolling through an endless sea of podcasts and you want something that's going to catch people's attention and effectively draw them in. Wonderful. So uh, yeah, thank you once again for joining me on the show. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, uh, what's the best place to do that? Uh, great. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. You can follow me on Twitter at Natural20Shirts. I'm there pretty regularly. I, my DMs are open. Feel free to slide on in. And you can view a lot of my, a lot of the side stuff that I do is I design t-shirts and, and mugs and things like that. Very nerdy stuff, which is a lot of fun. Uh, you can view those at Natural20Shirts.com and check that stuff out i have a lot of dungeons and dragons designs uh some rick and morty stuff some bob's burgers stuff it's it's a lot of fun so check that stuff out and if you're interested in my professional portfolio you can view that at carlh.com that's just c-a-r-l-h.com and i think that's all the important stuff sounds good thanks once again for joining us and i'm sure we'll be talking soon great thanks for having me matt if you're starting a podcast soon you're going to need a podcast hosting company. For that, there's only one company I recommend, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has a clean, user-friendly interface. Their system is set up to walk you through every step of the process you need to set up your podcast. But if you ever get stuck, I'm more than happy to help you out. Buzzsprout also has the best customer service I've ever experienced. So even if I'm unable to help, rest assured that your problem will be handled. You can try Buzzsprout free for 90 days to see what it's all about by using my affiliate link. Just go to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. That's thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. If you use that link and choose to upgrade to a paid plan, Buzzsprout will even send you a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid month. It's a win for everybody. Let me know if you have any questions. But head on over to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout today, and I can't wait to see what you create.